Welcome to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. And back here at the Memorial Auditorium where the fans salute the stars. And what a night. 6,336. Did they ever get a treat here at the Grand Old Dame on East Avenue? She has seen her share of incredible hockey games over her 70 years. But not many have been as exciting as tonight. The Rangers appear down and out trailing by four after 40 minutes and then cue the comeback they needed extra time but they roar all the way back for an overtime victory let's look at how this one all broke down hunter brustevich with his seventh of the season from luke ellenis and matt andonofsky at 631 of the first and the rangers led one to nothing the Bulldogs, though, would get the next two and take a lead to the first intermission. Ben Bujold, seventh from Jake O'Brien and Merrick Van Acker at 11.32 of the first. And then Nick Lardis with his 20th from Florian Jacki and Patrick Thomas at 16.39. 2-1 Brantford after one, and they would extend that lead in the second. It was all Brantford in the middle stanza. Jorian Donovan's seventh from Nick Lardis and Patrick Thomas at 10:21. Then Merrick Van Acker his tenth from Jake O'Brien and Ben Bujold at 14:45. And just 57 seconds later, Calvin Crombie with one for the ages between the legs and into the top shelf. Crombie's fifth from Ben Bujold at 15:42 of the second. It was 5-1 Brantford after 40 minutes in the third. The Rangers began to chip away. Philip Machar's 13th from Matt Sopp and Carson Rakoff at 4.38. Then Trent Swick's 12th from Philip Machar and Carson Rakoff at 8.21 on the Channers power play. Antonino Pugliese with his 12th from Cam Mercer and Justin Botno at 15.29. And just 26 seconds later, Trent Swick's second of the period and 13th of the season from Carson Rakoff and Philip Mishar at 15:55, It was another Channers power play goal and the Rangers had come all the way back to tie it 5-5 in overtime on a no doubt call that had to be made on Nick Lardis for boarding Carson Rakoff would win it for the Rangers once again on the Channers power play Rakoff's first of the game and 31st of the season from Trent Swick and Hunter Brustevich at 109 of overtime, and the Rangers win it 6-5. to five. Kitchener goes 3-for-5 on the Channers power play tonight. Brantford goes 0-for-3, and the Rangers outshoot the Bulldogs by a count of 41-24. to 24. Now, Paul Fixter did mention Tristan Malbuff, who had to come into this game to relieve Jackson Parsons. Parsons was pulled after allowing five goals on 18 shots. Malbuff only had to deal with six shots from that point on in the second period. But the Rangers, what an offensive display they showed here tonight. 
scoring six and winning it in overtime. What a night. What a night. What a night. And we are going deep into the night with Rangers talk here on City News 570. So stay with us as post-game coverage continues. It's brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low. Just take it and go. You're listening to City News 570. You're listening to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Back here inside the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium where the Rangers pull it out. If there was a rabbit in the hat, it has now been put on full display The Rangers, with every magic trick they could muster here tonight, coming from 5-1 down to win it, 6-5 in overtime. And how about the big boys when the game mattered most in the third period? Philip Machar, a goal and two assists, including an assist on the game-tying goal. Carson Rakoff, three assists, including an assist on the game-tying goal in the third, and then... The winner in overtime. Four points in 21 minutes and nine seconds. I mean, I'm kind of speechless, which is terrible for a radio announcer to be, about what we have seen at times from this Rangers team this season. And I was thinking after 40 minutes, this high-scoring Rangers hockey club, with all of the offense it has and how quiet the big guys had been, and the Rangers were down 5-1, after 40 minutes, and then the big guys come out to play in the third. Multi-point periods from the top line. Mashar, Swick scores twice. He picks up an assist on the winner in overtime. Rakoff, four points through the final 21 minutes, as I just mentioned a moment ago. And this Kitchener Rangers team continues to make a believer out of fans in this city and across the Ontario Hockey League. Let's take a look at our Liebold Electric out-of-town scoreboard tonight. The London Knights lay a whooping on the Saginaw Spirit, 7-3, the final. Well, they're not quite final yet, about two minutes to go at Budweiser Gardens. Up in Ottawa, the Peterborough Peets go to the nation's capital to shake off a four-game losing streak. The Peets, 5-2 winners in Ottawa after they lost 5-2 to this team from Brantford last night on home ice. North Bay? comes into Mississauga, picks up a 5-3 win over the Steelheads. The Sudbury Wolves double up the Niagara Ice Dogs 8-4. Those two teams involved in a trade earlier today. Marcus Vandenberg, the former goaltender here in Kitchener, who led the Niagara Ice Dogs to a win over the Rangers last Friday night and then picked up another big win on Sunday was a terrific weekend for Marcus Vandenberg. He got goaltender of the week honors, and he gets traded to Sudbury today. The Wolves beat the Ice Dogs 8-4 to up at the Sudbury Community Arena. In Sault Ste. Marie, the comeback kids were wearing red, the Greyhounds, who trailed the Kingston Frontenacs 3-0 after the first period. Roared back to win it 7-5 in front of 3,500-plus at GFL Memorial Gardens in Sault Ste. Marie. And in Guelph, the Storm are trailing the Owen Sound attack 2-1. 
They're about midway through the third period in that one. So a little bit of good news, I guess you would say, for the Kitchener Rangers as the Guelph Storm and London Knights both tied with 33 points coming into action tonight. London will get up to 35 points. The Storm trailing right now. And the Rangers sitting now on 45 points with still just seven regulation losses this season. The Sioux, eight regulation losses. And Saginaw has now lost nine times in regulation. Mississauga and Ottawa both losing tonight. They've lost their ninth games in regulation. This Kitchener Rangers hockey club continues to lead the Ontario Hockey League. Your out-of-town scoreboard for Liebold Electric. You can check out their full list of services at LieboldElectric.com. I look forward to hearing from Rangers head coach UC Ahokas, who will be joining us in just a moment down at ice level with Paul Fixter, because you have to wonder what was said after 40 minutes or if he can explain what happened here tonight. And let's just send it downstairs. Yeah, it was. Thanks, Mike. I'm down here with the uh, head coach, UC Hocus. And, Coach, it's very seldom that I'm at a loss for words, but I'm at a loss for words to explain what happened here tonight. Let's hear it from you. Ah, well, we played terrible second, so there's not, not nothing else to be better. Uh, we got... We got the goals in good time. Power play was really good third period, but we got the goals. And when uh, when Pugliese scored the scored his goal, I, I knew that it's gonna be like we have a good chance. And of course, when you other team where you're leading five one and they start shaking, and you could see they started shaking, and and we were we were up, but that was a huge comeback for sure. My good friend from the Waterloo Region record, Josh Brown, he does a lot of uh, he does a lot of digging, and he he said he said to me that less than ten percent of the teams come back from a third period deficit. Your team did that tonight, and they did it with six unanswered goals. How do you explain that? Oh, we we we're building like we have a great team spirit. Like uh, we're we're a team, so uh, we don't stop whatever the score is, and. Uh, we keep pushing, but like I said, we got the goals in good, good, good spot. And I think still after two, the game wasn't a five-one game at that point. Like they, we gave stupid odd man rushes, but they scored really, really well. They're like the, we were leading the shots after two. So, uh, but we did some stupid mistakes, and but it showed the guys came big. So um, have to be really happy and. Uh, and then Trent Swick, really good in net front. Uh, good two huge big goals for us. When you made the goaltending change and Malbuff came in, that's a difficult spot for a goalie to come into. He was outstanding, I thought, and especially made that big save on the breakaway near the end of the game. How difficult is that for a goaltender to do what he did? And he, and he was very good to keep your team in it. Well, it's for sure it's hard. Uh, and, uh, well, uh, when I, I thought we needed to wake up, we weren't helping Parse at all, and then Mobs came in, and uh, actually we didn't get that many, but that one breakaway was huge, and uh, he made the big saves what 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 we needed at that point, and you always need good goaltending if you want to win. You don't see this in in this league very often, back to back games. Twenty four hours or 12, 24 hours from now, we're back in Brantford. What do you expect tomorrow night's game? Well, it's a total new game. And uh, we have to be 
takeaway. We we can't let that many odd men rushes what we gave gave against them and uh we got these two points but they don't count at all tomorrow. It's like a playoffs. Five minutes to feel good, but then it's a new game again tomorrow and we have to be ready for that. As always, appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time. Congratulations on the comeback tonight and good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Back up to you, Mike. Thank you very much, Paul. You see a hocus with his post-game thoughts. The Rangers roar back from 5-1 down and win it 6-5 in overtime. Your post-game show for You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and, you know, we continue on City News 570. Once the East Avenue Blues step off the ice, it's time to break down the game. This is City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Back here at the Memorial Auditorium and Paul Fixter is rinkside. Thanks, Mike. I'm down here with tonight's first star, Trent Swick. And I have to ask you, Trent, have you ever had two bigger goals in your life? No. No, that was a great feeling. It was great to get the win, and hopefully we can do it tomorrow. You do such a great job at net front presence on the power play for, for uh, Rakoff and Mashar, who are shooting off the flanks. But every once in a while, you pull out and get the tap-in backdoor. What goes through your mind, now's the time to pull out? How do you know when that right situation is? I don't really know. I just feel it, like, with their eyes and where they're looking. And if they don't have, like, a shooting chance, I just pop backdoor. What sort of message was given to the team after the second period when, you know, it wasn't looking real good? Uh, what what rejuvenated this club? What was said to them after the second period? Just play as a team, believe in each other, and um, uh, stop giving up too many odd man rushes. We gave up six in the second, and that's not good enough. What do you think makes this team so resilient that there really is no quit? They just keep battling and fighting and trying to find a way to pull out a win. I think a lot of these of our players are we're underdogs, and um, as Macker says, underdogs uh, they run faster, and we don't, we have no quit. We um, played till the last buzzer, and we showed it tonight. Be fun going into Brantford tomorrow, back-to-back games. What do you expect from their hockey club? Uh, they they had some upset bodies going off the ice. What do you expect tomorrow night? I expect them to play hard again, like they played in the first two periods. What do you guys have to do to? Be ready, be prepared to pull out a win in their building. Just play like we did in the third. Just limit their chances, their odd man rushes, and um, just track back hard, get pucks on net. Congratulations on your game tonight to the team, and keep this train rolling. Yeah, thank you very much. Back upstairs to you, Mike. Thank you, Paul. Trent Swick, post-game thoughts. Two monster goals in the third, including the game-tying goal with four minutes and five seconds to play. Rangers win it in overtime, 6-5, over the Brantford Bulldogs. Your post-game show for You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. You're listening to City News 570. You're listening to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Well, the fans were definitely counting the Kitchener Rangers out of this one tonight. I was receiving messages after 40 minutes about the team not being able to get it done five on five and how embarrassing it was that Brantford came into the building and spanked the Rangers around. And that's when the game was 5-1 Brantford. It finished 6-5 Kitchener. A four-goal third period, including two 
26 seconds apart. And then the winner from Carson Rakoff in overtime, and the Rangers go on to the 6-5 victory. And you can make it three in a row and five of six for the Kitchener Rangers, the only loss being an OT loss. Let's get your three stars from this game tonight. Your three stars, a presentation of the Better Business Bureau. Find a better business at bbb.org. Jory and Donovan logged a ton of minutes on the Bulldogs' back end. He scored his seventh goal of the season, and he also had an assist in the game. And he was named this game's third star. Philip Mashar, with a goal and two assists in the third period alone, was named star number two. And then Trent Swick, with the two big goals, including the game-tying goal with just over four minutes remaining, Trent Swick was named star number one. So your three stars go Swick, Mashar, and Donovan, your three stars for the Better Business Bureau. Find a better business at bbb.org. A quick break and back with more on your post-game show for You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. This is City News 570. You're listening to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Well, Paul, you said just a moment ago and before we open up the phone lines and hear from the fans tonight... The Kitchener Rangers really didn't have any business winning that game, and yet here we are following a third straight victory, talking about the Rangers coming from behind to do just that and win a hockey game. Yeah, I give them credit for their resilience to to, to find a way to get back into this game, but after the second period, that's why I asked Swick the, the question about what was said, what was the message, because they were getting outplayed. They had no business uh being in the game like they Brantford was all over them but to their credit they found a way in the third period the floodgates opened and boy it was a tsunami I loved the reference to Macker who would be Rangers general manager Mike McKenzie underdogs run faster and this team has kind of got that mentality doesn't it call us an underdog if you want to call us the league leaders if you want to we're going to come out here and we're going to work hard i think they're they've kind of gotten rid of that label a little bit when you're recognized as the third best team in the country i don't think you're an underdog when you're i think they're getting the recognition that they deserve maybe a little bit unexpected but they're certainly deserving of it Uh, At this juncture, anyways. I was already getting messages at the end of the second period about how embarrassing it was for Brantford (laughs) to come in here and spank the Kitchener Rangers in their home building, how the coaching staff needs to take a look at the five-on-five play because it's just not working. Fans that left the game early, and here we are now talking about an overtime victory. I wonder what the tone will be on Rangers' talk tonight. Well, I, I think it's gone 180 degrees. It would have been the sky is falling. Teams aren't allowed to come in here and do that on our ice in our building. And now it's going to go the other way and saying this team is destined for greatness, I, I think. I mean, I let's see what they have to say. But uh, bottom line is for me is they went about the – and in credit to the coaches, 
they went about their business, even being down 5-1. They took advantage of their power play. You know, three for five is going to win you a lot of hockey games, regardless of the score. And, again, Malbuff came in, shut the door, did what he had to do. Didn't have to make a lot of saves, but it's, it's, it's the timing of the saves and the magnitude of the save. You know, we're talking about a breakaway and, and you know great scoring chances and he made the saves and, and did a real good job. In in a tough situation, you know, when you come in when you come in and your team's down uh five, was it five it was five, five one. one at that point. Yeah. That's not an easy spot to be in and, and you know he he was equal to the task. And, and he must feel good. That's against his old club. Sure. Like, that's a great feeling well, for him. But this is the million-dollar question now. It's six saves. That's all Tristan Malbuff had to make tonight. Who are you starting tomorrow? <laughs> those days are gone. I don't have to make those decisions anymore. I would actually start Malbuff. I would, too. Yeah, I would. I would start Malbuff. Um, I, I'm not blaming Parsons at all. Absolutely uh, the, the one, the, the last goal that got him yanked uh, was... You know, a trickery goal, let's call it, that uh, I'm sure he'd like to have back. The others were great shots. I think you give him a rest, a day off, and then he comes and plays uh, Sunday against Guelph. And the team feels so good playing in front of Malbuff now. Why not, right? And, and, and Malbuff, he wants to beat his old buddies, for sure. You know, I I would. If I'm if I'm making the decision, it's Malbuff tomorrow, Parsons Sunday. All right. We'll take a final break and then come back, opening up the phone lines to you. I mean... It would have been fun to have two post-game shows tonight. A post-second period show and now a post-game show because the roller coaster of emotions that fans felt here at the Odd tonight. We'll take a final break and then come back with Rangers Talk. All of it brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. This is City News 570. Six times tonight, and none bigger than the overtime winner by Carson Rakoff. Sweet revenge, I suppose, for Tristan Malbuff, who got traded earlier this year from Bradford, and now he's here with the first-place Kitchener Rangers. You know, just looking back at the at the three stars, Trent Swick had a tremendous game, Mashar had a tremendous game, and uh, Donovan was very good for for uh, Bradford. But you have Carson Rakoff, who gets the overtime winner and, and three assists. How, how do you make those decisions, you know? And I, I guess they're made before uh, before the, the game ends because you, you have to make them. But I just think there's so many players that are deserving of recognition tonight. Uh, off the air, I'm wearing my Pulezi uh, uh, T-shirt tonight. And off the air, the coach said to me, he said, that was the biggest goal of the game. And on Antonino Pulezi. Uh, scored on what would have been a non-goal if it doesn't go in off off the defenseman um, uh, for the Brantford Bulldogs. This kid just, there's no quit in, in him, his line mates, and tonight there was no quit in the Kitchener Rangers Hockey Club. They just kept going, kept going, and as as Swick said, you know, the, the message was to, to tighten up defensively, stop giving up so much off the rush. That was a concern for me early in the game. The first uh, one, two, three, the first four Brantford goals were all off the rush, and that was a real concern. And, you know, obviously that's something that needs to be addressed as we head into the game tomorrow night. 
All right, let's get right to the phones. And no surprise, you asked me earlier, Paul, who do you think the first caller is going to be? Evan, you're on Rangers Talk on City News 570. Hey, Fixer Farwell, what's up, guys? We're good. How are you? Well, that well, I feel like the Rangers only played 40 minutes of that game, but they come back. But they come back in the third period, down five to one, uh, four goals in the third period. So I think that was a great game, uh, despite the four minute, the 40 minute uh, display beforehand. But overall, I think. In that third period, after Rakoff got the uh, 6-5 overtime win, I think that was a great game overall. Evan, appreciate the call. I think you're absolutely right. And you know, Paul, it makes me think of something that UC Ahokas said to you during the postgame, and he never minces words. We were terrible, terrible. in the second period. <laughs> like, it's not, you know, we weren't our best. We could have played better. We were terrible in the second period. And they were. <laughs> I appreciate his honesty. They sure. they, they yeah. really were. Um, it was a complete one-sided hockey game at that point. And, but you, I, I guess once he, he did acknowledge, Mike, uh, that the Pugliese goal was the biggest goal uh, of this game in his mind because, you know, it, well, it made it a one-goal game at that point. Uh, and then Swick ties it uh, later on on the power play. But, you know, again... I hate calling them the fourth line. That's just the way they get listed on the on the game sheet. But when you're getting that kind of production from, you know, your so-called fourth line, a bigger goal in this game, not according to the coach. And we talked about it when it happened, Paul. The situation, like how many teams would have shortened their bench by that point? You're under five minutes to go. You're down by two. And usually that's when you get a healthy dose of the top six and maybe a little bit of the third line. And I know you're right. Calling them a fourth line is probably an injustice. But those three players and all three had a touch. Botno doesn't do anything fancy, just keeps the puck in or keeps the play alive at the blue line, puts the puck in deep. Mercer to Pugliese, the wraparound, and all of a sudden it's a one-goal game. Yeah, like... The top lines weren't really doing a whole lot, and you know, then Rakoff ends up with a goal and three assists tonight. So, Paul, what are you talking about? But they really weren't until the tide shifted, and the tide hadn't shifted really to that point. I mean, it was a, it was they were within two, but you're right. He was playing all the lines because, uh, you know, the, the fourth line, let's call it, was really going yet again. They, they just seem to always go. And why wouldn't you put them out there? And, and they're going to continue to get those opportunities because they they produce when they're given that chance. So you just made me think of something else. And you and I have both acknowledged after what we just witnessed tonight, we're feeling somewhat speechless. This team just causes us to lose the ability to talk about them enough. But what does it say now? Like we talked about on tuesday night in the win over guelph the top six were pretty quiet but the bottom six got things done in that game cam mercer a couple of goals a quote-unquote fourth liner what does it say about this team though that this top trio mashar swick and rakoff can come out against a real good hockey club let's take nothing away from the brantford bulldogs and they dominated paul carson rakoff and philip mashar in my opinion owned 
the final 21 minutes of this game. They did. They they, they took the game over for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're explosive players, and and uh, they were explosive when they needed to be, and that was to get this the Rangers back in in the game. Um, they're they're dangerous players. They're high octane offensive players who, when they're on, they are really dangerous with the puck in the offensive zone, Mike, and and they can make things happen. And and this Rakoff is he's on a mission to prove to Team Canada, hey, don't keep me off that roster. I want to help you win a gold medal. I, I really hope that he goes and has a great camp in Oakville uh, starting sun, well starting Monday. They they leave Sunday um, because. You know, he's deserving of it with the season that he's had so far. Forget about the past. This season, let's base it on that. He's really had a high-end season so far. I've been watching the points leaders in this league because Kitchener has had one, two, three for as long as I can remember. And I thought, boy, quiet night tonight, down 5-1 after 40, no points yet for Carson Rakoff. Anthony Romani is right there, seven points behind. Well, now he's 11 points. I don't know what Romani did tonight because North Bay did score five. But, I mean, all of a sudden, Rakoff adds four more points to his league-leading total now at 55. Berstevich had a nice night, a couple of assists, a goal and a couple assists for him. Or goal, he was one and one. But either way, he keeps adding the points up. I mean... It's just, it's impressive what these players are doing. And I think that's a great sign for Carson Rakoff with Team Canada because he shows that if the chips are down, I can come back and help you with this. Yep, absolutely. And he cares. And, you know, this team, it, it, it's just interesting how they just build off one another. And, and when I'm down there underneath, they're, they, just, they, they love one another, Mike. I, I can't think of a different, they truly love one another. They care about one another. Uh, Mike McKenzie's comment to the team about underdogs is, you know, I suppose very fair uh, going into the season. I don't think it's fair anymore. This team is not underdogs. But uh, that's their mentality. That's their belief. And they're running with that. And, boy, I wouldn't change a thing if if, if I'm then because it's it's working. Speaking of that, Swick said to me, he liked the T-shirt I'm wearing. And he said to me, you can't take that off. <laughs> First game I wear it. And I, I, I think after the second period, they would have said to me, hey, never wear that thing again. I'm not a superstitious, superstitious person. Uh, I, I think players are. But I won't be wearing this every game. But, uh, I, I, you know, it's funny how you superstitions come into the game of hockey. Paul Fixter sporting the Pug Life T-shirt here at the Memorial Auditorium tonight. Okay, let's go back to the phones. Cody, you're on Rangers Talk. Hey, Farwell Fixter. What's up, guys? We're good. Oh, man, what can I say? That, that Those first two periods that the Rangers pulled off, not not the finest work, but... That third period, oh, my God, it felt like the playoffs, like a playoff atmosphere tonight. It certainly got loud in here. Oh, man, yeah, because I was telling uh, Dave Schneider uh, during the intermission that we need to come back and we need it now, and look what the Rangers did tonight. Uh, Come from behind win over. Yeah, but did you really think think they could do it, Cody? Tell the truth. Yes, yes. Oh, I, I believed you, in them. I believed in them from this from the beginning of the season. You guys are super fans. I get it. Are you at Sweet Lou's yet? Oh, uh, we're just pulling up right now. Okay, tell Sweet Lou that Fixie and I say hi. Okay. Sure thing. <laughs> yeah. 
sure thing. All right. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate the call. Cody and Evan and David, just a group of absolute super fans. I think Trevor hangs out with them a little bit, too. And they always make a trip to Sweet Lou's from the Sioux. Our boy Sweet Lou, this terrific cookie shop there on Weber near Columbia. He's a partner with the Rangers this year. Might as well, guys, have an extra cookie tonight. The team helped you earn it. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of the Sioux, they will be here next Friday. And uh, the games just keep getting more exciting. I know we, we have Brantford and Guelph uh, prior to that. But, uh, you know, Sioux is a heck of a hockey club, as we know. They and were down 3 nothing after the first tonight. They come back and win 7-5 over Kingston. So there you go. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uncle Rob, you're on City News 570. RZ, Fixter, wow, what a comeback. Eh? I'll tell you, though, after that second period, I was pretty pissed with that team. I mean, low energy in that second period, it was terrible. All those two-on-ones, I felt bad for Jackson. Kind of got left out to dry there. But you know what I really liked in the third was, uh, you know, the boys, Pugsy and everybody, like, they didn't back down. When somebody took out one of their guys, they jumped right in there. And they, they fought hard, and even though some people might say, oh, don't take a penalty, don't take a penalty, that high energy really changed it around. But, Fixter, I just want to know, it looked like he uh, coach changed the lineup uh, in the third period. Uh, he did. He had the, the, the mixed master going. Yep, he yeah, had the mixed master going and, and moving guys around. And, you know, why not? You do. You right. try to do things within the game to you know, shake things up. And, you know, if that's what it was or whatever, I don't know. But in the end, it worked. And... And sometimes guys just get, I don't know, maybe too complacent playing together or whatever, and yeah, you, you need yeah. a shake-up. And when you when you move somebody down a slot, uh, it maybe it motivates them to get them back to the slot that they think they belong. When you move somebody up, they're going, hey, I get an opportunity that I normally don't get. So, you know, that's what coaches do, and, and uh, it makes sense. makes sense when that's you're down sense. 5-1. Hasn't been working yeah, yeah. the way it was. Why not change it? Yeah, next time maybe it would be interesting if you asked him what his thinking was when he moves guys around, right? Why why he moves certain combinations with certain people. So that would have been an interesting question to ask him after. But, uh, you know, Zwick, Zwick said we're underdogs. And I think they, that meant it's almost like a bad news bears mentality. Like these guys see themselves as the underdogs because who picked them to do anything at the start of the season, right? And they're basically showing you what they can do. They're sticking together like a band of brothers. And they're going to play that underdog card. We might see them differently, but they're going to play that underdog card. And, man, they're, they're building some great memories uh, out of this season. And uh, it's just uh, awesome to see, awesome to see out there. Just a great comeback. And Rakoff, how can you not, whatever he does, that cannon, how can you let that cannon go from, junior, from the junior team, right? I mean, that cannon is, is, is almost like you want Lloyd to London to ensure that cannon of his, right? I mean, that is a special thing. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know the depth of the of the Team Canada's roster. I, I don't know the other leagues well enough. Um, if they have some players from the NC2A, I certainly don't know any of them. We don't see them. Um, maybe it's a really deep team, and, and uh, you know, you, guys fill roles, and if they don't feel he's a top six player, well, is he a bottom six player? I don't know. Like, well, yeah, I'll add you. this is something. Power play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. This is something that drives me nuts, though, about the World Juniors. Stop trying to make guys fit roles. Just take the best players and tell them what you want them to do. That's my opinion. They can figure it yeah. out. And yeah, if Carson yeah, yeah. Rakoff doesn't fit your imaginary top six, fine. Put him on your bottom six. He'll, yeah. with, a, with a shot like that, with a game like oh, he's playing that 200 shot feet. That's unbelievable. That shot is it unbelievable. Is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, Romani got three points tonight. 
Oh, thanks, Rob. Appreciate that. Yeah, I looked So it there up, you go. So, so Rakoff still too. gains one more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, there yeah. you go. Anyway, boys, well, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Exciting start to the weekend. Take care, eh? Thanks, Thanks, Uncle Rob. Good to hear from you. So that means uh, Anthony Romani with his three points. Well, he's getting awfully close to Uncle Rob's nephew, Matthew Sop. So Romani at 47 points. And Sop had, I think, the single assist tonight. So he's at 49. So, look, it's, it, I think it would be a pipe dream to think that three Kitchener Rangers will run one, two, three in scoring for the season. But we're midway, and they're still up there. <laughs> yeah, and there's no reason to believe the way they're going that they're they're going to fall off. Uh, Rakoff is going to lose if he does make Team Canada. I think it's about nine games, something like that. I looked at it today. Is it that many? Uh, it, it's it's quite a few games. It's three before Christmas, so yeah, yeah that's yeah. A, yeah. I, I think it's around nine games. Um, that his points in Team Canada aren't going to count here, so he, he's obviously going to drop off. Um, that's beside the point. Just to get back to to Rob's comment about. You know, coaches using the McMaster and, and changing the lines up. That's one of the few things that coaches can do. They can change the goaltender, which we did. They can make a, in-game adjustments, you know, system-wise, okay? And they can mix-master the lines up. And that's what they did. And the reason for that is just to try to get something else working because the way it was wasn't working. So you don't have a lot of other things you can do. You can't go out and get six new players off the street to replace the guys. You know, you, you're, you're playing with what you have, and you try to find combinations that might work. And, again, I, I get back to when you give a kid an opportunity that he maybe maybe wouldn't get to play with, you know, a Rakoff or a Sop or whomever, they make the most of it. So I, I, that's really the, the essence of of why coaches do that. And, and sometimes, you know, uh, fans will say, why why would you mess with the lines when they're going so well? Well, tonight they weren't going well. And in the end, uh, with a few changes, it, it worked out for the better. It occurs to me with that mix master, Paul, we didn't see a ton of Kyle Morey and Luca Romano yeah. in the third period. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no, we didn't. Um, the, 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 you know, it's... Sometimes you shorten the bench a little bit, and yep. and that's that made sense. They they weren't having the best of games, and so you, again you get out that Mercer uh, Mercer line with with the energy they bring. Sure, it's, it's contagious to the other lines that are you know are going to get out there. All right, let's get to one another one of our regulars here before we take a break. Eddie is with us on Rangers Talk. Hello, Edward. Hello, Mike. Um, before I get to you know today's game, I will say I you were talking about the soon. I feel like we always play them right before Christmas. It's always that Friday game. Yeah, because the Sioux brings well, the players down to Southern Ontario, so they're closer to home when they uh, close for Christmas. We did the same thing in Sudbury. We would come down and play Mississauga. Yeah, you know because most of the kids are from from this area, and that's the reason for that. Uh, I love talking to uh, my, my buddy, Jerry Liscombe Jr., who calls games for uh, Sault Ste. Marie because they basically go home, Eddie, with an empty bus. Yep. Yep. And, and he gets to lounge around and lean across, you know, two rows of seats, and we have a good laugh about it. But, yeah, so they, the northern teams always come south before the Christmas break, so it's closer for the kids to go home. I yeah, know that makes sense. But uh, on the topic of today's game, I'll say, uh, of course, got to be, you know, a bit negative first. Uh, that second period was brutal. But that's all I'm going to say about that and go to the third where – Man, this, this team's got grit. That's that's one thing that I really like is that, and I'll avoid talking about past years because I know you don't like that. So I'll just say I like how this team has grit. And, you know, they, they go out there, whether they're down a ton, up a ton, they go out there and they, like, they work they work all, they work work uh, real hard. And, uh, like, at the end of the day, they, they just want to 
keep playing their game, keep playing well. And I, I really, uh, I really like that. And I, um, good thing to have because, yeah, five, five, five unanswered goals to win the game reminds me of that game in uh, Hamilton on Family Day uh, three years ago. Yeah, and they. You know, they just had five unanswered scored against them, right? They they scored the first goal, they give up the next five, and you know, I guess you know me pretty well, Eddie. Where I say you say I don't like talking about last year. It's just simply I don't know what else we can say other than last year's team did not meet expectations. But this year now we're we're 31 games in. Like let's all just this the team that we see now is the team that we get to talk about. Simple as that. From where I'm standing. Yeah, it's much more fun to talk about this team oh, my than goodness. last year's team. That's why I don't really want to talk about last year's team. I wasn't around, and quite honestly, it's the past. Let's talk about what we've seen so far and what lies ahead in the future in the next 30, yeah, part 33 game, games. 30, so there's so 34. 34. Yeah. I'll say this. I think this was evident 10 games ago, maybe even a bit more than 10 games ago. But I think we're at a point where – like kind of like we said, this is it. This is this is the team. This is the team we're gonna get. I don't think there's gonna be that. You know, at the start of the year, I was a bit cautious about the optimism. I was kind of like, okay, you know, you gotta you gotta wait till they get like you know some uh, some uh, you know like a few months into the year. But I think we're at a point where you know what, this is the expectation moving forward. A drop off is now, I think, falling below expectations at this point. I'm not saying hold <laughs> first place, but I just mean like if they go on a little tough run i think that's that's dropping below expectations wow yeah like what's okay just describe or define a tough run eddie i'm saying like if they drop down to like fourth fourth in the conference or something i think that that would be considered below expectations at this point third is you know reasonable just because of that whole like you know if uh, if you don't win your division you're not a top two seed thing like if if one of you know like london or a but what were your expectations coming into the season? So oh, now you're re- you're revising your expectations now. Because well, when you're 31 games in and you've started this well, I think I think it's fair to fair to feel like th- like this should be this should be the expectation moving forward. I think those are those are long in the long in the past now. All right, Eddie. Always appreciate the call. You know what this makes me think of, Paul. This takes me back to the fix is in during our Harris Law pregame show, and I asked you because I admit to being obsessed with the schedule this season. But the worst we have seen from the Kitchener Rangers this year so far is dropping three of five, which they've done twice. On one of those occasions, one of the losses was in OT. They've lost back-to-back games three times. They've dropped three of five twice. But that's it. And so I do wonder, given what expectations this team has created when you start looking at the second half and you look at Sudbury and North Bay and you look at Kingston and Ottawa and you look at Sault Ste. Marie and Saginaw and I'm listing off the long trips you have to go on as a hockey club still and you're into the second half and some of these rookies who are loving life start feeling the wear and tear of 68 games you're going to be without Rakoff for a while and let's knock just a little bit of wood Martin notwithstanding, this team's been pretty darn lucky when it comes to injuries. Knocking, knocking, knocking on wood. Well, we're going to be without Mashar, too. Mashar, too. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, like, you know, this is a guy that is really doing what Montreal... Oh, my gosh, yes. Like, like he's put... You know, last year he was a a point of game guy. This year he's way beyond that. So, you know, you take 
one player out of the lineup for sure, maybe two. That that's a big, those are big holes to fill. The schedule, you're right, Mike. It, it doesn't get easier. You know, I've always said like it, it, the team that wins in the end, three things have to happen. You have to have good players. Well, we know we have good players. We've we've seen that. You have to have a little bit of luck go your way. And by luck, I mean, you know, this team runs into some injury problems. or, And I think back to, you know, in 96, we ended up playing the Florida Panthers for the Stanley Cup. Pittsburgh was good. They had just won the Cups in 92 and 93, so they weren't that far from winning Cups. The Islanders were good. Those teams got knocked out. We played the Florida Panthers. We went into the finals knowing we were going to win the Stanley Cup because we got lucky that we didn't we played an inferior team. And the 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 most important thing, you have to be the healthiest of all the teams remaining. And injuries, health is such a big part of it. And we've been fortunate. We've only had the one injury to 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 Martin. That's such a big part of this game, Mike. And when you start traveling, your body gets a little bit more tired and you're more susceptible to injuries. And we've got those long trips ahead of us yet. I think you'll see the coaches do a real good job of, you know, what they call load management, getting guys in, getting guys out, rest when needed. I think this staff led by Coach Ahokas is real diligent about the importance of rest and recovery. Get ready for Cameron Arquette on Sunday as well when Mashar and Rakoff are gone from this hockey club. Okay, we're going to be gone, but just for a minute. Rangers Talk continues, brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. You're listening to City News 570. It's time to speak your mind. Have your say on City News 570. Rangers Talk. Call now. 519-570-2545. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. City News 570. Well, a thriller here at the auditorium on Friday night. Rangers down 5-1 after 40 minutes. They roar back with four in the third, three assists from Carson Rakoff, and then in overtime, Rakoff wins it 69 seconds in. And go figure out this Kitchener Rangers hockey club. Down by four. They win it 6-5 in overtime. They have won three in a row. Five of six, and the beat goes on. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. It really sets up for an interesting game tomorrow. Who does it ever? You know, eh? back to back. And uh, and I watched a few of the players. I think I mentioned this earlier. Go off into the tunnel there, and they were some upset. You know, and and I'm sure McKee went in and peeled the paint off the wall. Uh, yeah, he tried calming the waters with his timeout in the third, it, and it didn't work. It didn't work, and uh, you know we're we're going to see. Uh, a goaltender change tomorrow for for Brantford for sure. We'll have yeah, uh, drawback. Drawback will be, will in. be yeah. in, and um, there'll be some changes. And, and you know they they have a nice hockey club, Mike. They sure have some do. really good players. This Donovan is is a heck of a player. Lardis, uh, it just got away on them. And and it, it's funny when it starts when that cookie starts to crumble. Sometimes it's a really big large cookie and tonight that cookie just crumbled and kept crumbling and Branford couldn't find a way to to stop that and you have nights like that and it really sucks when you're the team that 
uh, it's happening to. And when you're the team that's feeling, uh, hey, we have a chance, it's a pretty good feeling. But the, I liked what the coach said. He said, we'll enjoy this for five minutes. Okay, they'll enjoy it for a little bit longer than five minutes. But then tomorrow when they get on that bus, it's focus on today, boys. How many times have I done this to you, Paul? My whole life can be summed up with a Bull Durham quote. But <laughs> Nuke Lelouch goes out as a great first inning, and Crash Davis comes into the dugout, and he says, your fastball was high, your curveball was hanging, in the show, they'd light you up for this. He says, can I just enjoy the moment? The moment's <laughs> over. So there you go. Yeah. Rangers, the moment's over already. Start getting ready for tomorrow. We love hearing from you on Rangers Talk. We got a lot of traction after 40 minutes. Messages coming in via my Twitter at Farwell underscore OHL. Fans were beside themselves with what was happening here. And then suddenly, by the end of the night, everything was just fine. You can also join us by phone at 519-570-2545, star 570 and 1-800-570-5715. Stephen, you're next on Rangers Talk. Hello, my friends. How are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm better now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. I mean, yeah. here I thought, you know, after 40 minutes, I'd be calling in saying, well, you know, some nights you just don't have it. You know, you just don't have it, and uh, you're not going to win, and along came the third period. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the game is 60 minutes, and some nights it has to be closer to 65, and that's what we had tonight. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I, I think definitely you can see with uh, Trent Swick, definitely having him in front of that net, you know, using his big body, being the goalie and whatnot, which, I mean, yeah, the goalie wasn't had tons of work, but he did face a lot of shots. Right, and uh, that's how you can make his way difficult by putting foot there, and then he gets obviously two goals. So, and then but I, he's I so smart. That's why. Yeah. I, that's why. Sorry to interrupt you, but he, no, he doesn't fine. just stand at the net front and and you know screen the goaltenders. He's really good at that. But that's why I asked him the post game question. He he pulls out and gives himself the opportunity to get a shot off every once in a while. And that's why I asked him uh, what goes through his mind. And he says, you know, it's just an instinctual thing he knows. I mean, they work on this uh, every day at practice. But he's really smart. He doesn't just stand there like a big blocking dummy. He he is an offensive player who generates good offense himself when need be. Yeah, no doubt. Like he's, you know, again, when, you know, the, that night when the goalie's playing really well and seeing everything, that's what you basically need to do. And uh, I, I think the fourth goal is completely easy there. Just, you know, just her tenacity there just kept going. And that's all it takes sometimes, right? I mean, they, they were fired up. And then once you get that five, you know, that fourth goal, then you could really see the tide turning. So, yeah, anyway, guys, well, I think. Brantford will be a little gnarly tomorrow, no doubt, not being happy with themselves. But hopefully the boys can, uh, you know, put a effort sooner than the third. So anyhow, take care, safe trip, have a good night. And uh, I will be at the Sleeman Center. So hopefully catch up with you then on Sunday. Take care. All right, Stephen, appreciate the call. And that's, of course, the third of the Rangers three games this weekend Paul we talked about it during the fix is in last time the Rangers had a three and three they picked up just two points losing the first two winning the third and I asked you 
if they would do better this time around. They are off to a great start. They just need to find one more point to improve upon that. But they've also done themselves just a huge service by starting the right way. Yeah, and and if they can carry the the momentum from the third period over into the next game, I mean they'll just they'll just be rolling. I Mike, I always enjoy that fixes in fixes out. I got that correct. We talked about the schedule a little bit, but Hamara, the two points was tonight or for the weekend? No, it was tonight. Yeah, yeah. so and I'm, he had none. Yeah, so yeah, he uh, he he looked he looked uh, decent out there though. Like he, he I didn't really. I don't really remember his play with the Rangers. I was getting to know the league, getting to know the players, sure. uh, you know, and then he gets traded. Uh, I, I saw him tonight, and he looked like a pretty good player. Um, and I, I think these guys know when the boss is in town, and Sean Donovan, who's in player development for Ottawa, why wouldn't he be here? He's got, he's got Donovan, uh, Hamara, and, and Anofsky to watch in back-to-back games. So these guys know that, and they're, they're going to give their, their best. I thought Antonovsky had a solid game. For the most part, I mean, you know, he was on some, he was on for some goals against early on when they had all those rushes, but he found a way to just do what he does quietly. Uh, and and then Donovan and Hermero were pretty good players for Brantford. I thought that Cameron Reed again, though he didn't show up on the score sheet, Paul, but he is not intimidated or overwhelmed in any way by the moment. No, he embraces every every opportunity he gets out there. And I was talking with one of the uh, scouts uh, before the game, and I said, you know, I have a real hard time believing that this kid is only 16 years of age because he plays like he's been in this league for three years. The confidence he has, the decision-making he has, the ability that he has already, uh, he's he's impressive. And his, his I keep talking about it's such Today's game is all about skating. He's such a great skater he skates himself out of trouble and he just sees the ice so well he makes smart decisions that being said i thought his last the last game was one of the one of his weaker games of of the you know of the 30 games we've played uh but he bounced right back tonight and was very solid and he goes about it in a quiet way you know he just he's got older players playing in front of him that's fine you guys go do your thing i'm gonna do my thing Maureen sends an email to Mike at 570news.com. Hi, Mike and Paul. I didn't really appreciate the way Brantford was pounding the Rangers for most of the game, and the only one fighting back was Pugliese. He was the best Ranger most of the game. In the first, he was bugging Jackye, and whatever he said to him scared him because number 43 was invisible the rest of the night. I didn't really notice that, Maureen, but it does make me think of what we are going to see tomorrow. You've pointed out a couple of times, Paul, this was an unhappy Brantford team when they left the ice, and understandably so. And, you know, I'm just thinking back on that Calvin Crombie goal, the one fancy, you called it uh, trickery before, whatever the word you used, but it was a high-skill goal between the legs, off the end boards. It was gorgeous. And maybe that Brantford just thought, like, this is this is our night. Everything's going our way. That is going to be an ornery bunch on home ice tomorrow. That bus ride to uh, Brantford right now isn't a whole lot of fun. No. That's for sure. Uh, I, I disagree with those comments about the, the physicality of. I expected actually more physical play from Brantford, quite honestly, coming into this, um, hearing hearing the coach Ahokas talk about their heavy forecheck. I mean, they do forecheck hard, but they weren't pounding, I didn't think. Uh, I thought I agree with Pugliese being a force out there and and getting in scrums and doing that's what he does and he's very good at it and uh, I thought there was really good pushback by a lot of Rangers tonight um, when when need be yeah and 
What makes tomorrow then all the more interesting is you've got the rematch. You've got a score to settle, certainly, with this Brantford team tonight. And some way, somehow, you got to still preserve something for Sunday afternoon in Guelph against the Storm, who are going to be equally ornery after you beat them in here on Teddy Bear Night Tuesday. So tough two games ahead for Kitchener. I guess the one thing that Kitchener kind of has advantage over Brantford tomorrow is that'll be Brantford's third. True. Yeah, three and three. They played last night. They played tonight and tomorrow. So three and threes are tough. So I don't think Kitchener has the advantage there. This will only be their second game. Um, And they have to use that to their advantage. I think if Kitchener can get that first goal, it it might set the tone for the rest of the game. I, I don't always put a lot of importance on the first goal of a game. I always say it's only important if you score it. If you don't, you have to get the second goal of the game. Um, but I think tomorrow night it could really be important if they can get that first goal and Bradford goes, oh, my God, here we go again. Is this just like a, this period four of a, of a six-period six uh, series sort of thing? The Rangers got the first goal tonight. Brantford got the next five. And after 40 minutes, it looked like the Rangers were going to go down to defeat for just the third time this season on home ice. But the tide turned, and the Rangers scored four in the third before Carson Rakoff won it in overtime. Kitchener six, Brantford five. The Rangers have won three in a row. Rangers talk continues. You're listening to City News 570. It's brought to you by You Save Flooring. Got something to say about your East Avenue Blue? Call now, 519-570-2545. It's City News 570, Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. City News 570. Carson Rakoff puts up four points on the night. Trent Swick scores two, and Philip Mashar has three points of his own, all of it part of a tremendous comeback by the Kitchener Rangers here on home ice. Down 5-1 after 40 minutes. The Rangers roar back to win 6-5 in overtime. 5-1-9-5-70-25-45. Star 5-70 and 1-800-570-57. 15. I came across something, Paul, before the game I made a note of, and since I have an opportunity here, I'll share it with you. The Syracuse Crunch, gosh darn it, denied the Hershey Bears a 10th straight win tonight. The Bears were going for win number 10 in a row, but they are dominating the American Hockey League right now. Even with their loss, the Bears are 18-5 and on the season, and everybody's talking about them becoming the first back-to-back Calder Cup champions. I know it's early, just 23 games in. But the last team to go back-to-back Calder Cups was the Hershey Bears. It's a great franchise, long long history, proud franchise. And it's a, it's a, a team, Mike, that has the resources to always go out and get some players to put them over the, over the top. Um, they expect championships in that in that community and it's a great building that they're building the Hershey's well the Giant Center holds uh, 10,500 and it's it's filled every night it's a wonderful place to play if you're not going to play in the National Hockey League Hershey Pennsylvania might be the 
the what is there now 32 30 33rd best place to play if you're not playing in the national hockey league i used to say that many times these guys hey there's only back then i think there were only 30 teams in the national hockey hockey league i said well you're in the 31st best place to play because it's it's a passionate crowd really small town uh not not a big community but everybody you know much like here, they love their team, and, and uh, they love you. They love you when you win, and not so much when you lose. <laughs> they are led this season by Michael Scarbosa. 22 points in 22 games coming into action tonight. Uh, with uh, what, what did I have his stats at? Uh, oh, I didn't write them down, but I knew it was 22 points. Either way, if that name sounds familiar, it should. He played with the Barry Colts, the Saginaw Spirit, and the Sudbury Wolves here in the Ontario Hockey League. So Scarbosa, a graduate, he's played uh, 65 games in the National League as well. Just goes to show you how difficult it is to make that jump to the National Hockey League. Like Michael Scarbosa was a heck of a player in this league, and it's just it's so difficult. And and the the amount of guys that make it for any length of time is not a big number you know speaking of numbers how about the one that uh, josh brown from the waterloo region record threw out at me as a, i was about to do, do the interview and he he says it's less than 10 percent teams that are trailing in the third period in this league less than 10 percent of them come back to actually win which is an incredible number and kitchener did and we're talking about any any lead in the third period kitchener's down what they were down tonight five one and finds a way to 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 pull the pull out the win, I thought that was a really interesting stat by by Josh, and I presented that to the coach, and he just kind of, yeah, well, we got, we scored more goals than them, we win. Leading after two has long been a massive advantage in this league. I remember talking to Jay McKee about that when he was the head coach here, and if you're up after 40 minutes, it's almost a lock that you're going to end up the winner. And it's interesting when you present that stat to UC Ahokas, when I talked to him earlier today, and I, I really liked the answer, to be honest, because, and, and I guess we all we all look at it, fans will look at the game differently, broadcasters, newspaper reporters like Josh, and, and the coaching staff. But I had talked to him about the importance of that game on Tuesday night, because you were the one that identified if Guelph had won, it becomes a six-point gap, first to second place. Instead, it turned into a 10-point gap. And wouldn't you know, Guelph loses tonight on home ice to the Owen Sound attack. So Guelph sits on 33 points. The Rangers now up by 12. But my point when I brought that up with UC, he said, it doesn't really matter to me. I just care about the process. So the opponent, nah. Is it a four-point game? I don't care. Is my team playing the way I want them to play? Yes, then I don't care who the opposition is. And I, I found that really interesting. Just that's his view. He wants to see that his team is meeting the expectation that this coaching staff has set out for them. They did that on Tuesday night. They were terrible, in UC Hocus's words, in the second tonight, but they found a way to get more goals and win the game. And all he cares about at the end of it all is, did you follow process? Yeah, and... Uh... Sometimes you follow process only for maybe 20 minutes, and that's what it was tonight. You know, all the credit to Kitchener for coming back. Uh, they, they just, there was no no quit. I think it's you. There's no quit in the kid, and there was no quit in the team tonight. And that being said, 
Brantford, Brantford's a good hockey club. They are. Like, they they are a big, you know, and as that one caller said, mean team that just, it, it just started to fall away for them. And, and that tide turned and, and Kitchener just controlled the third period. Like, they, they outshot them. Seventeen to five in the third period, Mike, and and three three zero in the overtime. That's twenty to five over the course of you know the third period and uh, the little bit that we played in overtime. That's dominance. So Kitchener only had to dominate for you know a little over twenty minutes tonight to win to win a hockey game. You're not going to win every night when you only play twenty minutes. Tonight they did. And I shouldn't say they only played 20 minutes. I mean, they weren't horrible in the first 40 minutes, but they were down 5-1. You know, I made the point earlier in this Rangers talk post-game show that, you know, and, and I've said it many times already, I'm kind of done talking about last year. Like, I get it, and we've been there, and we've done that, and I hosted this post-game show 34 times last year, plus playoffs, and I heard all of it, and I know how difficult last season was for Rangers fans because the expectations were way up here and the team just couldn't meet that bar for whatever it was worth they had to fire a coach etc I'm starting to wonder and you know we talked about this early in this season Paul this team starts 3-0 then they lose a couple of games and you're like okay so a nice little 3-0 start but then they you know get a nice little run together again next thing you know they're winning eight in a row we know this team is for real. And now what I'm starting to ask myself 30 games into the season is what is it that's going to stand in this team's way of a legitimately deep run in the playoffs? And I'll tell you where I stand. And I know like Don Cameron would roll over in his grave, bless his heart, because his least favorite saying was, if the playoffs were to start today. <laughs> Don, I promise that's not what I'm saying. But I am kind of looking ahead. We know for sure, Paul, that the Saginaw Spirit are going to add even more to an already strong team. Dave Drinkle has made that clear. So when January 11th rolls around, one day after the trade deadline, Saginaw is even stronger than they are today. The London Knights, rumor has it going through a bit of the flu right now. That's with their funk, although they beat Saginaw nicely tonight, 7-3 at Budweiser Gardens on our Leibold Electric out-of-town scoreboard. But London's always going to London. Beyond that, the Sioux Greyhounds are a nice team, but the Kitchener Rangers have been taking on all comers, and I'm just looking at going, well, what team is really going to be the big threat? What stands in the way of the Rangers winning two rounds in the playoffs in the spring? Well, that's a good question, Mike. You asked me the other day, what's the biggest um, uh, team, what's the team yeah, in, in, within the division, the division that's going to give them the most trouble? And when I look at the, I, I answered London because they're right on their tail right now, and London just seems to find a way to, you know, play well year after year after you year. Bet. And um, I, I still like Guelph. I think Guelph's a, a good hockey club. Um I don't think they're getting the kid from Boston back. Uh, P- yeah, Poitra, I, I thought would, but yeah, I don't think I, he is so either. They're not getting him back. But Cam I, Allen comes back from injury in injury, January. Yeah, that's a big... You know, that's like making a trade that you don't have to make. Yeah. When you get that... You haven't had him for half the year. Now you, you put that into your lineup. NHL draft pick to Washington. I still really like Owen Sound, even though they're kind of hovering around that 500 mark. They they haven't well they've won six of their last ten so that's that's a pretty good run and they won tonight and they won tonight so 
uh, it's a tough division. And then you look at the other side. Yeah, we've talked about Saginaw and the Sioux. So what holds them? For me, Mike, the biggest thing that they have to is they have to stay healthy. This team stays healthy, maybe adds a piece or two. Um, it, it, they control their own destiny, I, I believe. What about experience? Like, how much well, does that factor in when push comes to shove? Uh, an awful lot. Okay. Yeah. An awful lot. It That's does. what I keep thinking about. Yeah, it does. But but there is some good experience here on the back end for sure. Absolutely. You know, up front, uh, Sop is is experienced. Mashar is going now to his fourth World Junior Championship. That's good experience. He's been at an NHL camp. Uh, uh, Rakoff, if he goes to the World Juniors and Canada does well or, or, you know, wins a gold medal, he brings that championship experience here. So there's lots of those things that can come into play. Uh, and and I think there is enough good leadership. Like, we haven't even talked. I know we have too many OAs. We haven't even talked about Mitchell Martin's experience, and you know, as an OA. So, and I know we, 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 have, we have four. So I think there is a decent amount of experience, and those kids that are going to get the opportunity to participate in the World Juniors, that really helps too, especially if, if they find a way to win. There's nothing better than winning and, and realizing what it takes to win. The Rangers found a way to win tonight, even though they were down 5-1 after 40 minutes. They win it 6-5 in overtime. Your post-game show for You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. You're listening to City News 570. We want to hear from all the armchair coaches. Call now, 519-570-2545. It's City News 570, Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Prices so low, just take it and go. City News 570. Well, the Kitchener Rangers had just one goal after 40 minutes, but... In the third period, they found the gear to keep up with their season average of five per game. They tied the score in regulation, and Carson Rakoff won it in overtime. Kitchener 6, Brantford 5 in OT. Got a nice message from Brian who says he's really enjoying the show after the games this year. Fixter brings a really good perspective to each game being a former coach. Good fit. Welcome aboard, young man. Welcome Thanks. aboard. I appreciate the kind words, and I, 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 all I'll say to that is I'm having the time of my life doing this. I'm really enjoying it, but it's made so much easier watching a first-place hockey club. I was going to say, and you know this as well as anybody, it's not always like this, right? But my goodness, even our manager, Mike Collins, sent the message earlier. What's going on? We add Fixie to the broadcast, <laughs> and it's the Don Cameron dream season going on here. Well, it's been a dream for me to, to work with you, alongside you, and really t- to interview these players and get to know them a, a lot better. It's a wonderful group of uh, young young boys, as, as UC likes to call them, who are having the time of their lives. And, and Rob mentioned earlier, making good memories. Oh, yes. And th- these, these are memories that are going to last this team, these kids, their lifetime. They're, they're doing something that's pretty special. And let's see where the next 34 games and playoffs takes us. Speaking of making memories, thanks to Clive for this one on the out-of-town scoreboard. National League, Columbus, a 5-2 win over St. Louis. Why would we talk about that? 
Cambridge's own Jet Greaves picks up his first NHL win, making 41 saves for Columbus tonight. So that's pretty cool, too. Good for him. Congratulations. And, and just, just to get that one game is pretty special because it's not easy to do. You know, you just took me back a moment ago. And, yes, congratulations to Jack Greaves and the Greaves family out of Cambridge. But I'm thinking about what Eddie said earlier when, you know, we talked about not every season being this, you know, going this way, as you well know, and our manager, the Don Cameron dream season. Eddie asked earlier, like he was talking about expectations. At the beginning of the year, this team might make the playoffs. Now Eddie's thinking if they fall lower than fourth, it's a disappointment. As good as the memories are, Paul, if this keeps going this way and suddenly it's a a four-game brain fart in the first round, like you're going to be devastated if you're the... And I know I'm getting way far ahead of myself on the road here, but I don't know. They're, they're really just changing everybody's attitude in this town around this team. Well, they are, and, and, and you know, you have to let the games play out. So we're going to get to the playoffs. I think that's a given. And then let's see what happens. And, and the playoffs the playoffs are a different season. I, I, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky said it best, Mike. There's, there's four seasons. The preseason, the regular season, the playoffs, and the Stanley Cup Finals. And I think that's a really good way of looking at it. And he's right. The finals are way different than just the regular. Uh, because now you have a chance. There's two teams left. <laughs> no out of town scoreboard. There, there's no out of town scoreboard. So, uh, so there are. We're only in the second part of the season. There's still the playoffs, and then the finals. And hopefully, we're one of those two teams that have that uh, uh, that to worry about. All right. We're also in our second three in three, and the final such three and three of this season. Rangers opened with a thrilling come from behind 6-5 overtime win over Brantford tonight and for the reward they get to go into Brantford and play the same Bulldogs team tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on the broadcast and on Rangers Talk tonight. We'll be on the air from the Brantford Civic Center at 6.30 tomorrow night with our pregame coverage. On behalf of my broadcast partner Paul Fixter and our producer Adam Sanderson, my name is Mike Farwell bidding you very good night from the Memorial Auditorium in Kitchener. This has been another edition of City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Prices so low, just take it and go. Your home for the Kitchener Rangers. City News 570.